This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What does it look like to offer yourself without sacrificing yourself? Hey, Raja. Hey, Sherry. What's the cheese miss? This is What's the Cheesemus, a podcast about Pilipinex identity in Edmonton. Hey, do you hear? Miss Universe got red tagged. Hi everyone, my name is Raja and today we're going to talk all things activism. Today I'm joined by my friend Dee and we're going to talk red tagging, anti-terror law, climate change and all things politics. So for those of you who do not know my friend Dee, Dee is a very inquisitive and curious person. I find that after every single conversation we have, my um, my mind is more open to different things. And I find that I'm just gaining all this knowledge after every single conversation we have. And to speak to his knowledge, it's very much beyond his years because he is so inquisitive and because of their lived experiences. And I can't wait for you guys to kind of dive right in and get a glimpse into what kind of person he is and what having conversations with Dee is pretty much like. Dee is also a very incredible activist. This is why I asked him to come on this specific episode of What's the Cheese Moose where I wanted to talk about politics and the power of activism. And I... I feel like D does it all. He's going to get into his experience later on in this episode, but um, he used to volunteer for Rare Canal, volunteers for Anakbayan, and just a million things just to keep young people involved in the conversation. My name's D. I use he, him pronouns. I am a, a gender Philippine X here on Treaty 6, and I uh, do work with the Hue, a QT BIPOC. community hub. The term BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. And Anakbayan, Alberta, uh, seeking to educate, mobilize, and organize Filipino youth. First, I want to start off by asking you, um, how did you get started in activism? Well, I got started just as a youth accessing supports. I eventually got involved with uh, Rarika Now, an organization that does work with um, LGBTQ plus uh, refugees um, and pushing and advocating for their rights. Um, And then I ended up co-founding Ugat uh, and they do a lot of work around um, Filipino youth wellness. ended up co-founding Anakbay in Alberta as well. So it's been a lot popping <laughs> the past two years. <laughs> I'm just cruising by, but I've been learning a lot from uh, mentors. And I think that really played a huge role in the work that I do right now and um, and how, how that is all informed. So I wanted to talk a bit more personally about the things that are inspiring you to do this work is there anything that like 
that really started all for you? It started a lot from personal struggle. I feel that I definitely did not see myself pursuing the work that I do now. And it all stemmed from, okay, I'll, I'll help, help out over here. Okay, I'll help out over there. And then the more that I <laughs> went down that deep hole, the more I realized, oh, there's a lot of work to be done. Drawing from the quote of um, this Black liberation psychologist called, uh, her, her name is Dr. Thema. I recommend checking her out. She's got a podcast on Spotify, you know, justice work is mental health work. And I feel that as Filipino youth, that also needs to be talked about, but making connections to how our personal struggles isn't just a matter of coping, but also a matter of resisting what we face every day. I do want to talk about like taking care of your wellness in these spaces. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you do or have you even experienced things like burnout in these spaces oh yeah big time (laughs) um that was the biggest thing that I struggled with I guess it's all I guess I'm doing a little bit better now after a lot of um um introspection and a lot of support right from others you know that Filipino resilience I feel also comes with wavering boundaries and and um you know a talk around that what does it look like to offer yourself without sacrificing yourself a lot of what we've known a lot of what we've internalized is offering yourself is giving yourself and everything that you could and sometimes that's at your own expense um and i think that to move to shift away from that mentality and move towards hey we don't have to die for this we don't have to suffer for this is kind of huge uh, it, it also requires moving away from seeing this work in a very capitalist lens that takes a lot (laughs) when a lot of what we know is you know the hustle and what does it look like to um move beyond uh see seeing it from the hustle and the grind you know that grind culture coming through so much of what we do is for other people as filipino people we naturally abandon the idea of self. It's mm-hmm. all about taking care of your family, taking care of your younger siblings, taking care of your cousins. You owe it to them somehow. Yeah, for sure, right? And, and like that utang na loob coming in, right? And, and like, I, again, like going back to that like self-sacrificial, like Filipino resilience mentality that it's all on us, you know, that we, like a lot of times it's us alone surviving, but then you realize like, Yo, there's like other people out here and I don't have to do this work alone. So when you do it, um, it, like you're, you're, you're going to f*** up, you know, it also addresses that, um, that fear of f***ing up. I think that is so important because we need to stop going into situations thinking we're going to do it perfectly. We need to start going into situations knowing we're going to mess up at some point. And it's all about how we end up adapting as you do this more right you can't you, you gotta you gotta have people around you to hold you accountable you know and, and like not not just like people but also just like like an inspection of just like in what ways are these people holding me accountable we make it very high stakes um <clears throat> and i think that's in relation to what's happening in the philippines like we don't know absolutely 
we don't know that we're making that connection, but we definitely are because like somehow we can hear about it. Sometimes like we hear stories and we know that people in the Philippines are risking their lives to stand up for their rights in Mm -hmm. different ways. I I wanted to now kind of talk about like that context in the Philippines, what activism there is, is like, like the landscape of it. Mm-hmm. because there's some serious things that like serious bills serious like tools in the government's toolkit to um impede on activism so for for people who don't know um there there are a couple of laws that have been put in place now um so there, there used to be the anti-terror bill. Now it's the anti-terror law. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what it, what it tried to communicate was like, we won't accept terrorism in any forms. Um, but really it was impeding on activism um, mm-hmm. for people to voice their opinions. They could you know, be sent to prison. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is where like the life or death comes back into place. The high stakes comes back into place when we are looking at activism. Um, and then there's also red tagging now. Mm-hmm. And then, so red tagging is this practice used on social media to try and identify people like in in the Filipino context, it was trying to identify people who are potentially terrorists or potentially communists. Um, but now it's identifying people who are speaking out on a variety of topics. Um, former Miss Universe Catriona Gray, she got red tagged. Um, a bunch of Filipino soap opera stars they got red tagged and I I think some of them was even for like talking about a women's rights organization you know it mm-hmm. it was it was very minimal things um and they got red tagged for it I and I I can't even imagine how it must feel um wanting to feel that pride for your country wanting to feel proud of Filipino people and then yeah getting red tagged by them they represent their like literally miss universe represents our country on a global stage and yet got red tagged right and and like those are just like what reaches the masses like quite easily because they're celebrities you know have you heard of pride 20 i haven't so pride 20 was um a bunch of uh what do you call this Filipino LGBTQ youth activists that were unlawfully arrested mm. like during a pride march right and they were red tagged and folks fought for it and eventually they got they got out but uh, in terms of red tagging that goes that goes it goes beyond you know social media and, and I think it seeps into all kinds of media in like in ways that you know government can communicate to the public that you know in the guise of quote-unquote fighting terrorism really a lot of it is um quelling dissent during the anti-terror law you know like that fear-mongering was very much present they were like even if you're out of the philippines you know like this this uh this law still affects you and that like i saw that you know in my personal circles and being like y'all are you know 
we're citizens or PRs. Like they can't touch us. And you know that. Like I, I've even felt myself getting scared for my. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my god. But the thing is, it's like, it's like. Hold up! Hold up! They're trying to do. They're trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just take a minute. <laughs> it was like, take a minute, take a moment, breathe. Like, and I was like. I like felt it in my soul. I was like, where the hell did that come from? Come from. Let's unpack that, right? And again, it's like this continuous engagement with these issues and like, where is this coming from? What and like drawing that back to yourself and that back and like having that back and forth, right? Um, and like that red tagging kind of showed up recently, you know, with, with the recent uh, with an event that we had. I know people are going to hear this and be like, wow, that's so crazy. That's insane. I can't believe this happens in the Philippines. Well, guess what? It happens in Alberta. The <laughs> is here. The trying to quell dissent is here. Not even, not like, yes, it can be on the part of the government, but it happens within our communities. This episode was recorded November 23rd. This past Saturday, we, um... It's supposed to be November 30, but this is a time that'll work for us. <laughs> uh, we call we call it Bonnie Day, and it's a day to commemorate um, Andres Bonifacio. For those who don't know, Andres Bonifacio is the father of the Philippine Revolution, right? And uh, leading up to this event, you know, oh my God! So there's this Facebook group called Pinoy's NYEG, and uh, we had some friends post about the event, right? And uh, you, you thought, why not? It's people. Why not? Why not, right? Like, it, it wasn't my own account like that posted it. It was someone else that, were, that was just trying to help. 12,000 people, like, saw the poster to Bonnie Day. And, of course, it, like, it said, Anakbayan, loud and clear, right? And Anakbayan has a certain kind of perception, you know, in, in the Filipino community. And, uh, you know, like, oh, my God, yo. Like it had like 400 comments, people interacting with it, with them being like, take this down, you know, like y'all are terrorists. Um, and, and like one of them, like a lot of people are saying like, save our children. <laughs> and that was, that we need to be conscious of that, you know, like that's red tagging, like, but like in, in like in the context of uh, community, you know, it's not the government, it's people who are acting as like, judge or executioner to our own it, it was a girl posting it, it was a guy posting it and like the girl received a lot of like sexist comments you know okay just trigger warning here uh sexual sexual harassment um and uh he was like are they paying you to do this why don't you just open your legs for me i'll pay you more you know and, like that shit comes through and like i like the guy like the guy who posted it was just getting attacks like you know like on the organization but her she was getting attacks on like who she is as a person and like it was ugly you know it was the ugly side of filipino showing up and be like yo again like that caused panic in me and other folks hearing that makes me like want to throw up and like that is absolutely disgusting and I know like like I would feel honestly I would feel scared if that was me Mm. I would feel scared but the thing is it's like it's so important to have that group that supports you in in what ways were you guys able to support each other through this 
I think it was like, you know, knowing what was coming. I think it was a lot of like external support, you know, and like within the collective, also outside of the collective, again, in connecting with the folks that have been doing this for a while. And they brought a sense of comfort with being like, you know, if people are reacting to you in this type of way, it means you're hitting a nerve and you're you're reaching the broadest of masses. But the thing is, it's like, I, we absolutely cannot feed into that fear you know like we can't feed into that that toxicity that we see um yeah we can't let it dictate the way we act Mm -hmm. because then we're not going to get the work done sometimes it, it can even be used as a motivator to just keep you going like if it's striking a nerve you know it's working you know it's working you know When uh, the whole car- Cargill situation was going down, did you hear about, like, the the meat factory, you know, and a lot of folks who were Filipinos were in there, and they were all infected. Like, a lot of them were, like, infected with COVID. Yeah, a and, lot of Filipino um, people are, are nurses, you, like, a lot yep, of front lines. Are, are very much front lines, and it yeah. absolutely is breaking my heart to know that it's, like, they came here because they wanted a better life Mm -hmm. we were promised this yeah we're promised to be protected we're promised to be looked after and know that like we're not getting that back we're not getting that reciprocal relationship we're not Mm -hmm. getting that aid Mm -hmm. that we need at this time is like yeah it's it's absolutely heavy it's uh, and so when it when it comes to the way we mobilize as a result we have to stay connected we have to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like not fight each other because we know that there's a bigger picture to this we know that um big time like we know that all filipino people like we contribute to the society we have to be protected now that I remember it, I want to take the opportunity to talk about um, typhoon situation in the Philippines. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the government response to that, how that's very much connected to like the COVID response. And so we have the typhoon situation in the Philippines. It was a result of inaction on climate change. Like the Philippines is like a hot spot for everything, like in terms of climate change because of its location, you know, and because of its geography. But um I'm going to draw that back, you know, to um, the exploitation of resources and how that affects climate change. Like, I know that there's going to be people from all sides of the political spectrum, but it is, it is absolutely essential that they get this comparison in their heads because, yeah. it, like, we, we absolutely know that we need to keep people safe. I hope that in some way, like, people can listen to this and take away that like one to look after their well-being yeah regardless of if they're doing activist work if they're doing volunteer work if they're even if they're just looking after someone else in in any other way like we have to look after ourselves yeah because we won't be able to contribute to the bigger picture if we don't and then figuring out the bigger picture you know staying connected figuring out how to stay connected with the people who are gonna 
support you. It's a big thing to kind of like find your network, I think, especially right now when you feel like isolated, when you feel lonely, it's hard to kind of find that. Um, But we're all very much going through the same things right now. We're going through the same motions in so many ways. Heavily recommend like you got to join an org, you know, join an organization, you know, and, and like look into it. And the organizational sense, I, f- I feel like it'd be good to, you know, get to talk to other Filipino youth and be like, yo, do you feel some type of way too? <laughs> do you feel yeah. some type of way? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to kind of engage with it? And then, and then let them know that like a lot of times, like these struggles, like these, like our struggles, don't happen in isolation and also realizing that you know with those struggles our wins also don't happen in isolation i i would like to end on a on a more positive note mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to like I, I think being hopeful for something also goes in line with what you're thankful for you know and i think that it's being grateful for the fact that i found that thing to be hopeful for you know in terms of the future of Filipino youth in um, in all of this, in realizing that, yo, we got we got some power. What's the Cheese Meese is a production of CJSR eighty eight point five FM in Edmonton, Alberta, on Treaty Six territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Raja McGay, and I'd like to thank our special guestee so much for coming on this episode. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Pocket Cast, and on our website, whatsthecheesemeese.transistor.fm. You can also connect with us on Facebook at What's the Cheese Meese CJSR, Instagram at What's the Cheese Meese, or email us at cheesemeese at cjsr.com. That's T S I S M I S. Salamat!